Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 3 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread, and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Welcome to another Common Grounds Unity Podcast. We are delighted to have you back with us for another conversation with Lois Verberg, and we're going to be talking about uh, several of her books and have a conversation about reading God's Word with Rabbi Jesus in just a couple of moments. But I want to introduce my co-host, Tina Bruner. Uh, Tina, how are you doing? You're, you're in Poland and, uh, and working there. What are some of the things you're working on right now in Poland? Well, I'm super excited because there is a group of churches from the U.S. from five different denominations that are uh, coming up with strategies on how to work together in the U.S., to serve the church in Poland, Ukraine, and the surrounding um, border countries. So there's been a lot of really exciting things happening and just seeing how there's so much joy when we push through the hard parts of community and then start seeing how God blesses that. So I'm excited for um, Global Christian Connection, which is my day job for us to be able to share more about that in the coming days. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of really amazing things that God's doing through his church in this um, part of the world uh, in response to the war in Ukraine. So, and I get to, I get to see it, see what God's doing. Wow. Tina, I always get inspired and encouraged by hearing the, hearing of the projects you're working on and for a unity uh, oriented podcast, whose mission is uh, to help us be the answer to the prayer of John 17. What, what That is so encouraging to hear. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine that, a bunch of Christians rolling up their sleeves and working alongside one another from different different groups. Well, wonderful. We're, we're glad you shared that. Um, before I reintroduce Lois to our audience today and some of her writings, I just want to mention we're returning to weekly podcasts. So every Friday there will be a new podcast, a discussion drop. We're weekly posting additional content on our new Patreon channel. Uh, We have our continued conversations there with our guests, The Second Cup, a lot of great videos, essays. There are other events that will be hosted there. So uh, go and become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com front slash common grounds unity. You'll be blessed for that, and it will help support the work that we're doing in Common Grounds Unity. And if you'd like to volunteer, we need folks that can do things like content creation, uh, production and team managers, uh, supporting audio and video editors. You can contact our producer, John Teal, at the uh, information there in the show notes. His contact info is there, and he'd love to hear from you and get you plugged in to what you're doing. Um, Today, we're discussing once again... uh, conversations about Rabbi Jesus with Lois Verberg. And I want to give kind of a a list of some of the books she's written and put them in proper order. In in our last podcast, I had them out of order as far as what's most current and and what is 
little bit, I don't want to say older, but uh, some of her uh, earlier writings. Uh, our conversations are centering around her series uh, related to Rabbi Jesus. And so those books include, and these are all available uh, on wherever you buy books, Sitting at the Feet of Jesus, which is on Zondervan, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, which is also on Zondervan, and then her most recent book, Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus, which is published by Baker. So you can, again, look for each of those books wherever you buy books. I'm sure Amazon's a great place for that. And then she also has Listening to the Language of the Bible, which is published by the Engedi Resource Center. And then a, a little Kindle uh, book that you can only get on Kindle and that she she plans to, to publish in print down the road, five Hebrew words that every Christian should know. For a lengthier introduction to Lois, you can listen to our podcast last week. You probably did if you're listening to this second follow-up discussion with her. Lois, welcome back. We're glad to have you with us. Thank you. Great to be with you. How is everything in Holland, Michigan, where you are? Well, Holland, Michigan uh, has a lot of Dutch people here, and I'm not one of them. I'm Norwegian by background, but I have lived 25 years among them, but they're fun, and they have this big thing called tulip time, this big festival. It was last week, and the the traffic was crazy. Uh, and so our, the tulips are gorgeous. The traffic was nuts. And we're glad they're all gone now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I'd love to love to visit that part of the world, especially at this time of the year. I, I just I hear it's beautiful up there at this time of the year. Yep. Yep. We pay for it in snow. We're right next to Lake Michigan. And so the winter, it doesn't get as cold right near Lake Michigan because of lake effect clouds but the sun doesn't come out for months and then it snows every day and that's how you pay for your tulips <laughs> so, <laughs> gotcha. well, that's now, a high price i would say that is we you choose our, what you like yep so our our motto on this uh, this podcast is always that unity starts with a cup of coffee relationally um if tina and i and john were to kind of join you there in holland uh, do you got a favorite coffee spot or do you drink coffee oh yes Yes, I am a coffee drinker. Uh, my favorite coffee shop is no more, but everybody knew it was called JP's in town. And I used to say that it was like, you remember Cheers, the TV show? And they would say, Cheers, where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. Well, that was JP's. And so we do, we've got, we've got an abundance of nice coffee shops, some of which are about two blocks away from my house. And I just walk over when somebody asks me out for coffee and they're mm. sometimes I drive because I'm lazy, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured Dutch country uh, probably has pretty good coffee up there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. They yeah, do. Kevin, thanks for not rubbing in the fact that you haven't seen snow where you live in quite some time. <laughs> it's been a long time. I see it up in the mountains in the winter uh, above San Diego County, but uh, I don't have to walk in it. So yeah, I'm thankful. <laughs> well, I'm excited about this second conversation and also about the Patreon channel with the second cup. Um, that has been uh, like fun to kind of see how John has um, crafted that. And so I hope people will take advantage of a uh, little bit more casual sometimes, but uh, look at, at the topics that we're talking about. 
So Lois, in reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus, you set the stage with the disciples on the Emmaus road. And in Luke 24, 27, it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. How does this relate to understanding what God's doing in scripture, understanding Jesus as Messiah and our discipleship as followers of Jesus? That's an easy question. Yeah, that's an easy question. And well, it's like everything. How do we, it's like everything you just, I just wish I could get Jesus to explain the Bible, especially the hard parts, you know, the Torah, Moses and the prophets and like, Ooh, I don't understand those much at all. I wish I could have just heard Jesus explain that. And so that was, but I, I started, well, you know, I've been to Israel quite a few times and I know scholars who are historical geographers. And they will take you to the place where the real, real Emmaus Road very, very likely was. And only it's being destroyed. And there's only a few pavers left. I actually have one tiny little chunk that a friend of mine, I did not pick this up myself, but a friend of mine who was there gave it to me. And so I started this book with kind of a, I wish I had a, a time machine, you know, like I, I like Star Trek and I like science fiction, but actually I don't watch Doctor Who, but they talk about to not just go back anywhere, but any when back in time. But it, that was part of what you need to do. But then I kind of followed up uh, and I quoted Ken Bailey, who also writes about the Mediterranean world. And he says, you know, actually the distance, the gap between us and Jesus back through time is not as great as the distance between us and him through culture and the Western world versus the Middle Eastern world that he lived in. And so that's kind of, it's kind of like, I want to take a journey back to Emmaus, but it's not just a time gap. It's a culture gap that we need to take, uh, that we need to make our way through. And that's what this book is about, is how do we get back to that road and listen to him with a culturally authentic understanding of what was going on as he's speaking. Tell us a little bit more about how that makes a difference. You mentioned uh, Ken Bailey, and you have this quote that we tend to see it through the colored glasses of Western culture, and and much is lost, uh, the subtleties of humor and many of the underlying assumptions. So so we miss so much because of that cultural gap. What are What are some of those things you might share and describe that uh, really bear that out and illustrate that. Well, I, I give a number of illustrations about interesting cultural misunderstandings. One is that we have all sorts of dieting books where they are their weight loss plans based on like the book of Daniel, <laughs> you know, that uh, Daniel, you know, starts out with Daniel. He ate only vegetables and we think, wow, that's great. I'm going to lose weight. But um, and in the NIV, they kind of one of the translations, they kind of soft. He was very well nourished. And we say, oh, that's so healthy. But in uh, more literal translations, it says he was fatter in flesh. That's the point is he was supposed to fatten himself. And so we actually write dieting books based on when they're trying to get fatter. We're trying to lose weight. And to me, it's the it's 
that to me says we're reading it upside down and backwards of what it itself is trying to say. And that's where I, you know, that's a very tiny minor thing, but it's so ironic is that we are trying to find the opposite thing than it is saying. A little thing. That's It's not major, but anyhow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like when I've traveled and um, when you see like when you're reading scripture in a different culture and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is more like what this means or this like makes more sense, but also it like comes to life in a different way when you're in a culture that is more like that of of Jesus day. Yep. You write about collective versus individualistic cultures, which I'd love. Um, You talk about your personalized Bible version and how maybe a Southern Bible version might help us better understand the scriptures. Talk a little bit more about that. (laughs) Well, this is another thing that might make you laugh is there on the internet, you can order the your personalized Bible. And the word your is emphasized. It's in italics because you give them their name and it inserts your name into it in 7,000, more than 7,000 places so that you can read about Lois is the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So it replaced the Bible in all these strange little individualistic ways where it's all about me, 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 and my needs, me, 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 me. (laughs) And you can imagine, and what's very ironic is that it itself, you know, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, well, kingdoms have many people in them, not just you. And, you know, when he says, you are the light of the world, well, one thing that gets in the way, and, and I talked the Southern Bible version, you know how in the South, I don't know, Kevin, if you hear anybody in North Carolina saying y'all, you know. Uh, <laughs> we we do North, have Southern transplants out here. Yes. And, you know, we tend to just say you to everybody and we can't hear the difference when you're talking, when a person's saying to you, one person versus you to a bunch of people. Many languages, you can hear that. And so, and in Greek, you can hear it. And we don't hear all those things. And so we, and and then also because the West, meaning Europe and America, and honestly, wealthy nations, because we have the money to have big houses and small families, or if you're like me, I've never gotten married, we're pampered in our little, little happy tiny little me realities. (laughs) And so we like pretending like we're the only people that exist. You know, I know that you guys are talking about unity. Unity assumes more than more than one person. But when you're in your own little me box, you're not really, you're not good at unity. (laughs) I would say unity is probably not. I think the first thing you need to do is think about community when you're talking about unity. So but when you hear him talk about you are the light of the world, and then the next line is a city on a hill cannot be hidden. He's talking to the whole people together or his disciples together. He's not talking about me personally, or when he says you are the temple of the Lord, you know, and we say, oh, my body is a temple. I must eat more vegetables and apply more UV blocking moisturizer. Well, you know, the pagans, they had lots of temples, but God only has one temple. And so it's all of us together who got the Holy Spirit inhabits 
all of us together are God's temple, not I'm God's lowest to Verberg temple, and you're God's temple and Kevin and Tina's temple and Tina. No, no, no. We're all, the, all of us are all together God's temple. <laughs> so Lois, it's funny that you say like, um, like we, we have a hard time, like, um, like seeing that. But when I was in India once, I'm also single and uh, loved my little bubble of whatever. And so uh, Indian uh, lady asked me, did, since I'm single, did I live with my parents? And I said, oh, no. She was like, well, who do you live with? And I said, I live alone. I was ah. like, oh, I'm so sorry. Exactly. That's exactly. Yes. I, they say, uh, I have a friend who wrote a book. It's called Foreign to Familiar. That's a, I, I don't just recommend my own books. I recommend other people's yeah. books. And it's yes, a I've read tiny that. book. That is mm-hmm. a great one. And she says, or, you know, she travels everywhere. And in a lot of places, they feel very sorry for you if you're a single or a lone person. It is a sad fate. You, you are a miser- you must be a miserable person. And if you're visiting, they'll like put somebody with you just so you're not alone because that's so pathetic and sad. <laughs> But, you know, I started thinking about that differently, like on how rich life is when you live with other people, like multi-generational even, and how that, like Mm -hmm. how rich that is. Yeah, great. Yep. Yep. Hey, everybody, we'll be right back with the rest of this episode. We want to take a moment to thank Mission Alive and Central Christian College of the Bible for sponsoring this episode. Mission Alive equips leaders to start innovative communities of faith focused on transforming marginal communities. They provide church planning training, apprenticeships, consulting, and discipleship cohorts, among other resources. They can also train you to be a nationally accredited coach through Catalyze Coach Training. This 28-week credential will equip you to impact and transform your church organization leadership and ministry. Learn how God can transform your life and ministry by going to missionalive.org. That's missionalive.org or emailing them at contact at missionalive.org. And Central Christian College of the Bible has low-cost, innovative, and flexible master's programs in ministry leadership and preaching that they want you to know about. These two-year programs are designed to be one-third online, one-third on campus, and one-third supervised ministry by an expert in your interest area. The mentoring courses can offer credit in your local ministry. Graduates like Dr. Don Mahardy and Jonathan Curtis are impacting the kingdom in deeper, more meaningful ways because of their education at CCCB. So find out more at cccb.edu front slash graduate. That's cccb.edu front slash graduate. So, so we've talked a little bit about this individualistic way of the Western world as opposed to a more communal type life and Jesus day and the context into which he speaks. Talk to us a little bit about some of the other um, differences. You know, talk to us about F and then thinking okay. uh, versus poetry and prose language, Greek versus Eastern thinking, abstract versus concrete language. How might uh, reading the Bible with a Western Greek mindset distort mm. our understanding of the scriptures? Okay, there's a that's a big question, big cultural difference. I wrote 
it took me about a year or more <laughs> to write a chapter that's called Greek Brain, Hebrew Brain. And uh, people are like, what on earth are you talking about? And I'm talking about part of the reason why we struggle with our Bibles is Western, that means cultures meaning America and Europe and the, the modern, you know, technological world thinks a very different way. And we learned it kind of from the Greeks who back about, you know, started about 500 years before Jesus was born, the Greeks were already working on, I called it their new thinking 2.0 method, <laughs> where they came up with a method, you know, they love to debate, you know, they like rhetoric and they like to debate with each other. They figured out, you know, there are ways to win at arguments if you just are very analytical. And they came up with kind of a method of you spend a lot of time categorizing and simplifying reality down into simple labels. And then you use, you name them with abstract words. You name them like equality. Um, you name it. They've got a name for it. Uh, and so they talk in abstracts. We want to talk about truth and love. And that's an abstract word. It isn't just, it isn't the verb of I love you and you love me. It is a word that just hangs out in nowhere. Love. What is love? Um, there, and you, you don't hear that in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, Paul, you hear it a lot more, but you also don't hear it from Jesus. And so we're into, we want to hear people talking about concepts. And we like rationalism. And we like logic like all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. And we say, oh, that's brilliant. He has proven his self. And then you hear, and there, Ken Bailey, who you heard us quoting before, he loved that, you know, that, oh, we love that, making these proofs and these doctrines, and they're all built out of these assertions and concepts but then you hear Jesus and Ken Bailey's like, what's the matter with Jesus? He doesn't talk like this. Jesus kind of, he, he almost, he couldn't quite say it. He almost like Jesus is kind of a simpleton. He tells these dumb little parables about fishermen and, you know, and sheep. Like, man, what a, he's trying not to say dumb, but he really, he, it wasn't until he went to the Middle East and he started noticing that in the Middle East, people say profound truths and very sophisticated reasoning, but they do it through parables and concrete language and imagery and poetry. And so he actually started saying, you know, Jesus is a brilliant theologian, but you need to hear his concrete language and understand how he is thinking. And it's not in the abstractions and the categorizations and these little proofy things that we do it's he's using a different method and that is the that's the difference between greek brain and hebrew brain thinking that's part of it that's helpful you know you mentioned in your book about along those lines the ignorance of culture and communication led to the crash of the korean air flight 801 
and provide insight on how wide the gap is between Eastern and Western, between biblical culture and our culture now. Tell, tell us more about that. Sure. Okay. Well, that's a that's an interesting story. It comes from Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you guys have ever read him. He tells great stories, and he tells about there was this airplane uh, fly on a flight to Guam, and it was from Korean Airlines. And the pilots are very intelligent; they've got state of the art equipment, but the, there was just kind of not a, did a little bit of a rain or storm, but they crashed into a mountain and everybody died. They like, what on earth is the problem? And this seemed to happen uh, a lot with Korean flights and a few other countries. Certain, they're very bright, intelligent people, but for some reason, certain cultures kept having a lot of disasters <laughs> when they were, and it wasn't until they started studying culturally what the differences were, that there was something cultural going on. They, when they listened to the flight recorder, the last thing that was recorded was the co-pilot saying to the pilot, sir, the weather radar has helped us a lot. That was the last words. <laughs> and the reason why is because many cultures are quite hierarchical, that you must show great honor to the one uh, above you. But airplanes are highly complex machines. They're so complex and it's so difficult to uh, manage them in an emergency situation is they're deliberately set up so that they have a pilot and a co-pilot that have to work together. They have to be blunt and they have to tell each other when an error is occurring so they can correct the things that are going on. But in honorific cultures, it's absolutely shocking and rude to correct somebody. You can't do that. And so people will, they would just crash into a mountain because they couldn't say, the co-pilot can't say, this is wrong and we need to fix it now because they can't do that. And so the point being, you need to understand the culture. <laughs> ah, what a powerful story. Mm. Yeah. Lois, we are uh, primarily about unity among yeah. believers and trying to build bridges to one another. Yeah. Um, how do you think the things we've been talking about, particularly understanding the culture into which mm -hmm. Jesus taught and spoke in those contexts, how do you think that'll help us with the mission of unity among believers better? Sure. Um, I would just say that I personally have been invited to speak at an amazingly diverse number of groups. I, I, and people read my, my books that are like my listening language of the Bible book is read by um, homeschool moms and college professors. And I've been invited to speak to Catholic groups and um, Unitarians and super conservatives. And it's because everybody's curious because they don't, they're like, what does that mean? I don't quite get that. So we're all, there's this, if you have enough humility to say, maybe we don't all understand and maybe we have to get together and discuss it. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're debating over doctrine, that's usually where you start breaking down most quickly when you start humbling yourself and saying, maybe there's something that we don't all understand that we need to learn from an outside source. Obviously, Jews who don't 
it's a little, it was a struggle at first. I said, why would you read anything by Jewish people who don't un- believe in Christ? I, and I wasn't trying to be mean or exclusive. It was just kind of like, you know, I was a science person and in math, I wouldn't take a math class from people who say two plus two is five. It's like, what logic will I get from you? <laughs> this is not. Mm-hmm. And so, but yet when, believe it or not, and it was because of Ray Vanderland that he had been studying, I started reading these really great insights on what was going on in the first century among Jews. And once you have an outside voice speaking and people don't have that information and you're all humble and learning together, that will draw people together really fast. (laughs) So Mm. the humility and uh, another interesting source which you might be surprised at is um, I, I send out my little notes, updates. I have a very good friend from Uganda. She is an Old Testament professor. She is from Uganda. And she is she herself comes from a tribe that only her grandmother was still wearing a little grass skirt and nothing else. I mean, very, very fresh from, but they are culturally, believe it or not, the ancient Near East of Egypt and Mesopotamia, her tribe is still has deep roots in that. And so when we're reading something, she says, yeah, well, we still do that. Oh, yeah. Circumcised. Yeah, we do that. Oh, yeah. Everything. Feast. Oh, yeah, we do that. And so you believe it or not, there are other cultural ways of under- learning about your Bible where you can have outsiders give you insights simply because you have to have some perspective on how you uh when if you have never if you're in your little western rich girl bubble (laughs) you have no perspective and when you go to india and they see why are you lonely you get perspective and that gives you some unity is when you realize that you're not the only person in the world (laughs) so that's helpful Mm. Lois, we have shared some passages from your book that were meaningful to us. Is there something that you'd like to share or reflections from it that that you want to highlight? The passage that has been I've been chewing over lately that has been coming up. Um, I spend a lot of time on my Old Testament now because I have figured out that Jesus, much of what he says comes okay. Almost all of what he says is coming straight out of his, not not coming straight out of, but he is molding and putting his scriptures together in incredible ways. And so, and so when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and what does it mean to be, and so I'm always, I figured out in his favorite book, books uh, are Isaiah, Deuteronomy, and the Psalms, and those are books that a lot of us hardly touch especially Isaiah. And uh, I, um, and so Jesus is always talking about humility and talking about the greatest to be the, uh, the, in the kingdom, you know, and, and so what is fascinating to me now is to listen to his scriptures and how he's preaching from them. And here's, I'll just give you, remember, Jesus is the Christ, the King of God's kingdom. And that's the point is that we are his part of his kingdom who's expanding it to reign, to extend God's loving reign around the world. 
So what I have been chewing over lately, if you're asking what scripture is it, Isaiah 32. And this is just an incredible vision of what it's like in the Messianic kingdom. It says, behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule in justice. Each will be like a hiding place from the wind and a shelter from the storm like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land. I mean, you know, Jesus is talking about his disciples to serve and not to lord themselves over. And I'm trying to imagine, you know, throughout human history, kings are usually despots and oppressors. We don't even like the word king. But if you imagine living in a kingdom where your king is like, wow, he's like a shelter from the storm. He's like, you know, when you're when it's hot outside and, and you walk in, the air conditioner is on, like, oh, you know, a shelter, um, the shade of a great rock in a weary land. Can you imagine living in a kingdom like that? <laughs> mm. So that's kind of, you want to know, what am I thinking about? I'm sure it is a place where the church is united, but when you have all these humble leaders who are the most, the most wise and the most respected people are the most humble and the most eager to serve the people that they lead, it's kind of a mind-blowing idea. And that's what I've been chewing over just recently. Mm. That's beautiful. Lois, we're going to shift gears a little bit now. We've really enjoyed being able to ask you these questions and and listen to your responses and have this conversation um and it's been a lot of fun you, you make talking about Jesus and and his word enjoyable uh in so many ways but our our listeners also i think they like to get to know you know some of the authors they're reading in, in some different ways so we're going to invite you now as we kind of bring our podcast to the end to do less scholarly thinking. Oh, golly. Yes, absolutely. Okay, we don't want to, well. This won't tax your brain too heavily. Okay. Uh, this is our lightning round. Oh, and, no. Okay. And so uh, what we're going to do in our lightning round is we've got some questions we're going to ask you, just your quick response to them, and we'll have fun doing it. And Tina's going to kick it off, and then I'll ask the next, and she'll ask one until uh until the fun has run out um <laughs> so uh <laughs> your game does that sound good sure i think okay all right <laughs> tina kick us off lightning round okay do you have a favorite place to go on vacation to go visit my family because i live by myself and so it's not so much the place it's the people i go to visit people not places What's your favorite uh, holiday and why? <laughs> Actually, Advent. <laughs> uh, and the reason why is because it's the one time of year when the church starts asking the right questions about what was God saying in the Hebrew Bible and how does it how does it come true in Jesus? <laughs> like, yay, good job. Let's talk about this for longer during the year. So Advent's a good time of year, I would say. That's, that's awesome. Okay. What other than reading and writing and, uh, and those kind of things, what is your favorite pastime? Uh, honestly, having coffee with friends and talking about Bible stuff. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It really is. I would say, or maybe 
gardening. Actually, not the actual gardening. It's just looking at the garden after it's grown. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe crafts, crafty things only, but not actually doing crafts, but buying the stuff to do crafts. You go to the craft stores, you see all the pretty things, you buy them, you bring them home and go, oh, I don't want to actually do that. I'm busy. But you bought, you had fun buying the stuff. (laughs) And the whole time saying, I could make that. I I could could. do that. I could. And it's fun for about a day or two. And then, then it becomes burdensome. And then I go off and do the next thing. So. All right, Lois, what is your favorite music genre? Honestly, I would say instrumental, something I can play while reading. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if people are singing, I can't think as well on my own. So there's a theme here. Like she wants to be with people and she needs like, conducive environment for reading yeah kind of like that honestly I would I have to say that I like ever since podcasts grew uh, up and you know the internet and honestly YouTube I would rather have somebody speak something than for me to have to read it and and it's not that I don't read all day long I do plenty of reading but um, the spoken word is delightful and I like hearing human beings very good okay last one what's your favorite junk food (laughs) uh i would say shockingly favorite junk food is artificial banana flavored circus peanuts and the best ones are the ones that are that you've had sit around for about a month after easter and they're dry and hard so they're like really chewy (laughs) well you can you can do that fast if you stick them in the freezer. You, you, or you can put a marshmallow in the freezer. When you put marshmallows in the freezer, this is single, ter, single person tip. You buy a bag of marshmallows, you stick them in the freezer, you eat them, they're chewy. <laughs> so, I'm this telling is you, why people come to Common Grounds uh, Unity Podcast. Absolutely, the insights. That's the right. insights in the lightning round are just are <laughs> Pro very. Tips. <laughs> single people pro tips i'm like i don't think i've ever a, eaten one of those circus peanuts they sound terrible oh they're great well here's another thing i'll give you a single person pro tip is you buy a frozen pizza and you're not going to eat the whole thing they're better if you don't cook the whole thing at once so but if you want to and for me i only want a third of it well you can't just split it in thirds very well but you if you take and you put it against the countertop and you whack it when the plastic's still on. You take a third off, and you you bake that. And then you come back the next time you want something. You whack it again, in kind of a T shape. Anyhow, so see, I have many <laughs> single person ways of finding junk food. I guess you're, that was the longer answer to your junk food thing. Is best selling authors have all kinds of uh, intuitive ways of survival. That's right. I, I think this may be some other books, yeah, just in a it. whole different genre of writing. Hey, uh, Lois, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, honestly, um, stay curious and keep reading and keep studying. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Good counsel. Yep. Tina, what have you got ahead of you? We talked you know, about what you're currently an doing. adventure. I don't really know. <laughs> All right. Taking it one day at a time. The Lord Lord said something about that, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How about you, Kevin? What's coming up for you? Oh, I've got plenty. Sunday sermon. 
got a wedding this weekend and just all the stuff, the good stuff of ministry, being involved in people's lives and sharing God's word. So Lois, it has been great to have you with us and have these uh, conversations. We've just enjoyed it thoroughly. I want to let our listeners once again hear about the resources that are available that you have uh, worked on and produced, and then maybe have you tell us is it, what's in the pipeline, if anything, that you could tell us. But um, Lois's books are Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus, and then she's got Listening to the Language of the Bible and five Hebrew words that every Christian should know. Lois, uh, these books are out there. Tell us about the best way to get those books. Tell us a little bit about your website and what's on it and what other resources are available there and and what might be in the pipeline down the road. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's a big order. Um, and I'll give you a surprise. I actually have two websites. Um, what, but the, my main one and uh, is rrabbijesus.com just spell it out or Google it or whatever. And I actually sell all my books myself from my own little home office here in my basement. And I have my assistant and I pack them up. So if people want to, uh, and if you um, find my website, you can see what I, where I'm speaking next. You can read dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of articles I've written that aren't in my books. Lots of interesting discussions and current stuff that I've written. Um, if you're not full after our Rabbi Jesus, I actually have my original early website was called the Engedi Resource Center. E-N-G-E-D-I Resource center all one word or google it or whatever and that actually has hundreds and hundreds of more articles that i wrote uh, also available i send out emails very occasionally i try not to spam people but i send out new articles and updates on what am i doing and my latest stuff so all right so that website's a good place to go buy all of your books you betcha and the yes. best place really did okay sure. so they want to support me directly or if they just want to you know authors uh, are not highly paid. They do things because they love to do them. And so that's what I do. With Absolutely. It. But we want people to buy your book. So you'll keep writing. That, that, uh, that'll yeah. encourage me. It takes, takes money to keep going. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Lois, we, we've had uh, Lois uh, Tverberg with us. She's been a great guest. And uh, Tina and I will return next week with another Common Grounds Unity podcast. We hope you'll join us. Uh, so have a blessed week and go get a cup of coffee with another believer and have a good conversation about uh, Jesus, our Lord. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.